Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. G'day, welcome to Sky Sport, the Aotearoa Rugby Pod. Ross Carl is having a well-deserved breather. The man never takes a break, so we sent him away for some R&R. &R. Uh, Jeff McTainch in the chair today. Great to be here. And the usual suspects, Bryn Hall, James Parsons, lads, good to see you. Do you guys have a sabbatical in your... Aotearoa Rugby Pod contract. No, mate, we're just, like a, we're just hanging on. We're just hanging on. We're just, we're just chipping away. Good to have you on board. Yeah. Oh, good to be here. And Welcome. Well, yeah, thank you. Well right on the Olympics, mate. Oh, I appreciate Very it. Nice. Yeah, it's been a busy few weeks. Yeah. Um, massive few weeks, and then obviously getting into the rugby as well. Yeah. It never ends, as you know. Mm. And so plenty to talk about today. Of course, the Letters Though Cup test will get stuck into the lines as well. And uh, a little bit of NPC. I, I know you particularly enjoyed round one. You, you've got some voice though for today. Oh, still. yeah, I've got plenty <laughs> of voice. Losing mate. it on the weekend. Oh, mate, it was a great day out at uh, Pukakura Park. I certainly enjoyed that. And uh, good game uh, down in Tauranga as well. So, no, it was a good round one fixture, except for the harbour loss. But my old mate, oh, let's sort not that talk out. about that. Eh? Let's <laughs> not talk about that. Sore point. Hey, let's start with the Wallabies All Blacks at Eden Park. Uh, Bryn, I'll start with you. 33 25 for the All Blacks. Just general thoughts on that first game? Yeah, probably that first half was, was a little bit clunky. Um, it's probably a lot of mistakes, a lot of handling errors in that first probably 30, 40 minutes. And then um, I thought in the second half, they really tied things up. And even Richie said in his post-match around, they wanted to go through them and really build pressure through that way. And then obviously they scored a lot of points after that. But, um, you know, I sort of also thought early on, the set piece was really good. I know the, the line-out press, they were under the, a lot of pressure, the Australians in that first probably five to 10 minutes and probably set the tone for our forwards. But um, I think a lot of pleasing things that the Australians can take away from that is their finish. You know, they scored three tries and um, due to the, the the penalties that probably the All Blacks did, they'll probably address that. Sam talked about that and um, we'll see it after with, um, with our 19 penalties, which they can't afford to. So um, first and foremost, great performance from the All Blacks and that probably that first half and um, scoring all those points. But yeah, that probably discipline the second half is something they're going to really have to sort out for that second test coming this week. What do you reckon, Jeff? Oh, for me, like, like discipline was sort of an issue um, during the Steinlager series as well. Yeah. Quite, quite a high penalty penalty count, and uh, probably didn't wasn't made so much of a feature yeah. in those games because because they ran away with them. And I think it was a big factor in the comeback. So I think they'll be looking to sort that discipline out. Um, you know, especially in that second half, uh, to not piggyback sides down the field or, or bring teams back into the game like the Wallabies, you know, did towards yeah. the end and. And I suppose not overplaying, just that balance of attack. It seemed like it looked like they had a couple of weeks off. Um, you know, they had 60% possession, 60% um, territory in that first half. And, you know, played a lot of rugby. And I think Mills alluded to it really well in his commentary is that they could have tested out that new law, that 50-22, and, and put something in behind to change the uh, Wallabies' D. There was a lot of line speed pressure from Paisami and Ikitao. Mm. 
and they were getting a lot of pay out of that um, through forcing errors. Maybe a little long kick because they played a bit of rugby between those two 40s. And then when they got down to the 22, a few skill set errors. But I, I want to commend the captaincy um, of, of Sam Whitelock to take the three, 50 out, settle things down. They nail the three. But then just before half time, mm. to have the feel of the game, yeah. to go to the corner. And I think that was the biggest play. I almost felt like that broke the back to allow them to come out in the second half and score all those points that in the end was the winning of the game. But that, that decision just before half time with a minute to run mm. to back yourself to go and score and then Sever Reese obviously seeing the forwards had done all the work, went and got the glory. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, I, I just think those were some, some yeah. key factors for me. And then on the flip side for the Wallabies, it just shows that you, you need to nail your kicks, obviously, um, to win test matches. But more importantly, you've got to take your opportunities and you, you've got to lower that error rate. Uh, you know, they had line-out after line-out early yeah. due to ill-discipline by the, by the All Blacks and they couldn't execute, so they couldn't take advantage of that opportunity. And then, you know, I think Paisami was into everything on attack and D positively, but he also made some key mistakes, obviously. You know, the intercept, you can't blame him for that because the option was there, but... You know, maybe that com communication be between Pattaya and him could have been a little bit different knowing that Richie was there and then a, and a few penalties as well. So he had like a mixed bag, like he was really strong and then he, he made a few errors. So I think there was a lot to like about that young midfield, but there was a lot for them to learn as well about test match footy. On discipline, Bryn, what do you think the All Blacks can do to clean that up, clean that penalty count up going into the second test at Eden Park? Well, they'll probably see the pitches around them. The ones that you can control, you know, the ones where they're just, you know, um, obviously Brody had a couple in the game and that kind of stuff and getting um, piggybacks off that so I think they'll talk around the trends around what they ask whether it's a rolling out or it's a, it's a side entry or it's something that you can control because yeah look 18, 17, 18 penalties in a test match and it probably was the catalyst being bringing the Wallabies back in for that last 20 minutes giving them opportunities to be in their 22 to, have, to keep playing and playing in front of them so um, the coaches will address it. They'll see reviews around what it looks like, and then I, I don't think they'll be able. To, they won't. We won't be seeing 17, 18 penalties come this coming week for sure. It's a tough one, though, isn't it, Jip? Because you've got a guy like Brody Retallick who really started to come back into his own. We saw the physicality, the offload, the running game of the big man again, which was great to see. But I suppose that's the trade-off, isn't it? You want to encourage that side of, of Brody's game, but at the same time, you're sailing pretty close to the wind on occasion, especially around that ruck and, and the collision. Yeah, look, I think um, it's a great reflection of a top quality player, what Brody did, and, and I know that's going to sound strange, but he gave his penalties away early and then right. adjusted. And that's the difference, is you test the ref out early and you realise where the, where the boundary is and then you adjust. And I don't think Brody gave a penalty away after the first two because he realised that mm. you know you couldn't push those sort of edges. And then the ones that came in the second half, I think you saw uh, zoomed in on the last sort of line out on, on Sam Whitelock and he said, take a step, just take a step, boys. Yeah. Maybe there might have been an expletive in between take a step. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was that simple of, of just being a little bit more disciplined and, yeah. and, you know, taking that extra meter and backing your D system to get off the line and still put them under pressure. So I think they're simple fixes for them. Yeah, because I think, like, you look at the, the defensive pressure that the All Blacks put on the Wallabies, you know, that first probably stanza, probably first 20 minutes, you could really see Harvilli and, and um, ALB really bringing that line spin and putting their skill set under pressure. So I think, obviously, with being on your toes, on your front foot, trying to trying to beat the jump around that, again, it's just coming back to, like, what Sam said in, with those words. If you just take a step back, and then you'd be able to, then they, then they have to play your way through it. You don't give away an easy penalty, and then they can go back to their set piece of line out, and then let the pressure off from that kind of way.
Three tries to the Wallabies in the last 11 minutes of that game. Jip, was that a case of the All Blacks buttoning off or do you think it was a case of the Wallabies just getting better and um, being determined to finish? I just think if you're going to give a team that much opportunity through the penalties, they, they will get reward. But I, I think you could also commend the option taking. You know, that's some serious growth in option taking. One, you know, that, that grubber in behind to see that space and then to execute it to a point that the ball, you know, pops up and you score is... Is, it's one thing seeing it, doing it is another. So I, I think in a big test match, and you know, Noah took a lot of heat for missing the kicks, but that was a that was a cl clutch play to you know get the ball rolling, and, and and then obviously they did the hard work and the forwards sucked in all the defenders, and then you know I spoke about Paisami, but Tamua showed his class of just sucking in the defence and having the ability to set his outsides up mm. um, for the for the other one, and then the mall brutality was, was pretty straightforward, but something that their forwards can take confidence from. So I think it was a lot about the Wallabies and what they brought and, and the decisions they made, but it was given to them by the amount of discipline yeah. um, issues that the All Blacks did and piggybacked them into their half. There's only so much you can D um, you know, and, and before, you, before you get broken, especially at that test match level. I could see the disappointment on Dave Rennie's face at the end. Uh, Brent, after that game, you know, getting close, but obviously being blown away for, for a large part of it. But you, you look at that uh, Wallaby side, such a young team, um, mm. the likes of Paisami, Callaway, Ekitao, I think Tom Banks was the guy with double figures in the back line. So uh, it is encouraging when you look at uh, what's in front of them and the fact that Dave Rennie's probably the guy that looks at the longer game. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it is. And they obviously had a, a young squad going through that French series, which was great for them before coming into the playing the All Blacks in this rugby championship that they're going to see. So I think the more and more time you do have, have as a young inside but we've talked about a lot, whether you be a 9 or a 10, or, or especially a midfielder, making those key decisions, playing it at the highest level against teams like that is only going to benefit you. So um, I'd like to think hopefully they do stick with uh, Lodicea because, um, again, um, having those times in the saddle, being able to go through that experience and then your coach coming up to you and backing you, being able to keep to keep playing you and being able to have those situations, it's only going to better him. So they obviously do have Quade Cooper there, which um, seeing, seeing the, uh, in, in the press and that kind of stuff that they might bring him in. But I'd like to think you could really bring Lollasier, um, keep him in there, um, and then being able to have those combinations and just keep building them through for the rest of the rugby championship. Rico Ioanni on the wing. What did we? Uh, what did we think of that? Oh, look, I, I think he's a world-class player wherever he plays, but he certainly... Um, enjoys himself out there, doesn't he? And, and his raw pace, um, you know, he doesn't have to think about link play and, and, and creating other options for other people. Um, you know, to be fair, even in Reese's no try though, I think the time he's spent at centre has benefited his ability to look and connect to set up others as well. So I think there's actually been strings added to his bow mm. by moving to wing now after his experience at centre. So I think he's got the ability to go between two. But I, I certainly think um, he performed extremely well. We, I don't think we're surprised, though, are we? Like, I, I yeah, wasn't we're, like, just, we're just on there. Like he he's was got a, raw gas. And he was the, arguably the best wing in the world when he, was, when he first came into the squad as in the number 11. You know? yeah. So I think the fact that he's adding an extra thing to his bow, because you look, he's played in the Blues and played really well at centre, um, played in that first part of the, the, the short of the series, playing against um, Fiji and Tonga, got an opportunity to play centre. So... We talk around ability to be able to have that 13 and being able to play winger two, op two, two different positions at one time. I think it's going to be crucial for him, and not just in his game, but probably for the duration of his career as well. Because if you think about that no try, you know, I think in the past you probably would have th thought he might have backed himself to, yeah. to go, but he, he, he read the situation so well, slowed up, connected, and it led to, I know it was a forward pass, but it led to you know, setting up a, a, a try 
you know, whereas maybe, you know, when he was just on that winger focus, he yeah. wouldn't have had that ability. So I think he's a better, you know, winger now for his experience yeah. at centre, but I still think he's got uh, merit to be in that centre role as well. Yeah. The All Blacks bench came on and, and added uh, a bit of spark. What did we make of, uh, of the pine? Oh, look, I don't, I don't think you can blame personnel and impact. It, it's, it was just, they, they came on and, and they were on the back Penalties. foot due to the penalties. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you, if you look at it, I thought Samasoni Takayahu was awesome when he came on, the impact he provided. Got a turnover with a big contact on the, on the right flank there, good in his throws. Carl and Gus the same, you know you're going to get raw energy and, and good scrum set piece. You know, uh, Paddy coming in late for Scott, you know, uh, he, I don't know how much preparation he would have had. You know, same for Samasoni, it's, it's pretty impressive. Mm. Um, you know, Brad Weber I, I, and Bodie, I, I just don't think you can put too much on yeah. the, the bench that got, you know, some of them got 30, but most of them got 15 minutes. Mm. Um, you know, I think they added their, added their impact through their roles, but, you know, yeah. there's only so much you can impact when you're going into your half all the time due, yeah. to, due to that discipline issue. Brian, when you look at the players that Dave Rooney has available that weren't playing in that first test that he can bring back in, the likes of a Nick White and Marika Korobetti, how much better do you think this Wallabies side could be based on what we saw at Eden Park? I think they can always get better, and I think any time you get to play the same team, um, it's a has a real advantage. So you have a pretty clear understanding around what the All Blacks might play like. Um, you can do all the review and preview that you like before going into a test match, but I think when you do get to play them, you can iron out a few things and say, this is what their trends are, this is how they play. And so that's a real advantage for them. But then obviously you've got caliber players of Corabetti, um, and then you've even like the, the likes of Tamu as well, who I thought came on, played really well. And then you've got Quade Cooper in the background. Experience-wise, if they do want to go in that Nick position, White. Nick White as well, who we talked around as well, if they do want to have that kind of kicking game and him running around around the hard defence where he's really, really good. So they do have a lot of good players there that they can bring back. But um, like I said, I think, um, especially in the inside pairing, especially with Lolisea and that kind of Paisami and Ikatao, I'd really like for them to really just continue to keep developing that because I think um, as young players, it's really important that you do get the opportunities to keep able to play back-to-back -back performances and have a good understanding of what test match level is like. Um, yeah. I, I, I hope they keep Callaway and put uh, Kotobeti on the left mm. and keep Callaway. I thought Jordan Pattaya was quiet and maybe just showed that he needs a little bit more time at training, a little bit of match finish via that way. Mm. I don't know how you saw it. He just wasn't as busy or yeah. as um, you know physical as we're used to seeing, and he's coming back from an injury, obviously. So I think if, you know, I thought Callaway was busy. He looked energetic. He wanted to be involved, and I think that needs to be rewarded. Mm. And, I, and I don't think, you know, I thought Ikitao was, was really solid in defense, didn't get a hell of a lot on attack, but... I like seeing his left boot mm. in the exit zone as well. He's got a big left boot and he, he got good clearance mm. from that. Um, I know Pattaya can play centre, uh, but I hope they keep Ikitao in, in that centre role and I hope they give Callaway another go because I think that, that energy and enthusiasm needs to be rewarded. Mm. But Kotobetti's got to come straight back in for, for me. Like you saw in the French test, like yeah. he is just a yeah. man possessed. Like, and, and he's just a bulldozer with ball in hand. And, and you talk about energy and enthusiasm. Well, he, he's got it when he goes out there and, and he gives it everything. So I think he's a big factor in potentially turning things around for them. If they can get that first phase right off set piece, Bryn, do you see inroads there for the Wallabies? We saw in that try that led up to Andrew Callaway scoring off the Paisami pass. 
Um, I mean, it was a, a fairly clear break um, and caught the All Blacks defensively napping a little bit. But do you think maybe that's somewhere that they'll look to maybe exploit, get some gain line and, yeah. and some quick play around the ruck? I think they will. And it comes back to um, getting parity at set piece. And, you know, they'll, come, they'll look away around that first, you know, you look at their first three lineups they lost with due to the set piece pressure from our boys. And so they'll hopefully want to rectify that. And even from that French series, well, they had some great variety around their players. So... Mm. When you can start winning, um, winning your own set-piece ball, then you can be able to bring the bunts of players with be able to go around the front, around the back, during the, through the transition. Obviously, the overthrow as well for, for Paisami. So, but I think first and foremost, you need to be able to win your ball at the start so then you can have the other variables and be able to change each game. Um, because again, the All Blacks against the, against the, the Fijians struggled off malls. Around the, the, the special players going shift drives and then back through the transition around the front. So... I think if they do get it right, then they'll be able to bring that little bit of um, new stuff around their plays as well. There, sorry, there, there needs to be a focus around their set piece. Like both scrum and line out as a whole operate at 80%, but it's a misleading stat. Like that's still quite low. The All Blacks was at 93%, but it's the quality nature of their ball yeah. off line out. It's not top quality ball. It's not clean. It's bobbled. Mm. It's tapped back, or they have to go to a mall when they don't want to go to a mall. And somehow they've got to come up with a, a line-out system or a, an ability to get to that line-out quicker to run tempo plays or yeah. come up with little specials that can potentially catch them off guard that gives them the ball on their terms. Like, if they don't want to be going to a line-out thinking, oh, God, is, is, is Whitelock and Retallick going to get up again you know, and, and be a little bit edgy and slow it down. They, they want to try and play at that tempo where they can get in and out of that line-out area especially so that they can get that first phase strike and then build phases because I think once they do that they've shown us towards the end they're actually a great attacking yeah. side. What's the key there because obviously you've been a hooker at the highest level mate do you, is it is it is it um you know you say keep it simple but how how simple is it to just get there straight in and as you say get some decent first phase going quickly rather than setting up getting the calls going potentially giving the opposition a well, chance to read your game there there's there's two ways of thought the, the thing is is sam wallock's the best at it you know he's defensively he's one of the best so it's about like the first thing is is getting there first and running your tempo plays so if you get there and you run your tempo plays and you can get in the air without them being set you're in and out and that's that's gold that's gold because you're ready you're doing it on your terms then if you have to go to set you have to have an ability in your system to know that you can manipulate their movement or understand where their weaknesses are so if it's hooker balls you can pick off or if it is movement you know that you're going to pick off and be in clear air that the hooker can drop it on lifters are going to be lifting at peak jumpers are going to be at jump and on the night it's going to be delivered upon yeah. but it's the trust and the backing of your system but also having the ability to go between the two because if you just keep walking to line outs uh, and, and you're just a sitting duck there, like Sam and Brody, you watch, they'll turn late. So they'll start at the front, then they move back. After you make the call, then they'll move forward again. So they're trying to play games. So having that ability to make a call, but then as they move, you can go to another tempo that they've opened up space somewhere. You were going to go? Sorry, Brent. No, 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 that's good. That's good. Um, changes for the second test. Um, what, what, what do you think we might see from, from Fozzie and the, and the coaches? I think they'll be pretty pretty loyal to the guys that, that, that did the job on, on the weekend. I think possibly um, there might be a change, maybe possibly bringing Big Carl, who I thought played pretty well when he came on. I think um, you know, I think there's a few scrum periods with Georgie Bauer in that, in that test match, so they could possibly go with Big Carl um, coming in. And then you know, we've got a 
great locking system. So whether Brody or Sam might get a rest, or Sam won't get a rest, but whether they want to keep Brody there and bring Scooter on or even Paddy as well, who came in late. So those are a couple of positions that I think that could um, could change a little bit. Or uh, yeah, I definitely reckon there. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, well, look, I think it'll be fairly similar. Um, you know, like for the most part, that I think they were, they were reasonably happy with the first sixty. Mm. Um, and you know they've just got some discipline stuff to, to clean up, but as a as a whole, it was a pretty clinical performance for the yeah. most part uh, outside of that dis discipline. A uh, couple of changes potentially, um, you know, depending where Colsey's hammy's at, um, it might be easier to start him, get him to go all out, and then bring Cody off the bench, or he might be out altogether, and then it's just Cody and and um, a Safar more. You know, he was really effective for Wellington on the weekend, so. Um, you know, after a pretty strong season, and I know Samasoni's gone really well, but uh, you know, unleashing a suffer at some stage. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Which could be an exciting opportunity um, for them uh, before heading away. Uh, and then sort of the loose forward trios I thought worked really well and it's a good mix but Luke Whitelock you know it was it was well documented that he came off the bench and he made a hell of a lot of tackles good running meters so his impact might have been acknowledged and and you know whether there's a shuffle around there but uh, you know uh, oh Luke Whitelock Luke Jacobson sorry Luke Whitelock <laughs> Russell Kew <laughs> sorry sorry Luke, Luke staggering comeback Luke, Luke Jay, I'm so fixated on great captaincy with Sam <laughs> yeah. I'm just uh, blown away um, no so Luke Jacobson comes comes back into it potentially maybe at eight or how they see him if he can potentially go at six but uh, the, the the thing is we sort of didn't touch on those other tries where the picks through the middle I thought Akira did really well he, he picked through the middle before um, David Havili scored in the mm. in the corner, and then before McKenzie's last one, they took the same philosophy. So, um, in in and around those forwards, around that um, pick and go area, you know, picking based on that, they might go for a bigger trio uh, rather than the faster trio. Mm. Are we settled on that back three? Do we do we think maybe they'll they could bring Bodie in, or is he? Do you see him just being bench for the time being? No, I reckon Bodie's definitely yeah, just seen as a 10. And he's, and he's said that as well, that he wants to play 10. So I think if they do get in dire straits where there are a lot of injuries, then, then he could possibly come come back there. But I, I've really enjoyed having seen Damien at the back. And um, you know, previously, there was obviously Richie and Bodie working that dual role. But I think Damien's done a really good job around that. Um, you know, played a lot at 10 for, for the Chiefs this year. And then coming back to his 15, where he's played most of his rugby as well. So I think he's doing really, really well. And then... Um, I thought Seville was, was great on the weekend, even though that disallowed try is finishing. His ability to be able to just how busy 
he is working around the ball. You know, he did that. Um, he's in and around for that pick and go oh, try. You know he's in form when he's yeah. doing pick and goes like that. <laughs> but he is yeah. just so yeah, exactly. busy when that's, he's in form. Yeah, and that's been his massive trait that he wanted to work on this year, being able, be, being able to be around the ball. And he is just energetic and everywhere. You can see him even in counter rucks. The, 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 they're setting up for kicks and he's trying to counter ruck and being able to be um, through, show a lot of energy. So, And obviously, Will Jordan might come back to the fold as well, who was great in those first couple of test matches. But um, yeah, it's a pretty settled, I think, back through the run. They're performing pretty well. And, uh, if you're going with the form and how they're playing, yeah, I wouldn't probably see there be much changes there. Looking forward to the second test next weekend, uh, or this weekend, in fact. There was a line series as well, which uh, some people, I think, forgot about for a moment there. But uh, there was a line series, and South Africa, in the end, managed to win the series. Guys, um, just firstly, what did you make of that uh, and, and some of the, the rugby you saw from uh, the Lions uh, Springboks? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Great answer, that's yeah, it. Uh, well, I suppose it was one on the back of South Africa's defence, really, the whole series, but the whole series, because they just couldn't break it down. Like they, the Lions had a lot of ball, you know, over sixty percent possession and territory for the whole game, and you know, I thought Finn Russell was great in terms of when he came on. There was an energy and an up tempo and a spark, yep. and you also started seeing the forwards interplaying again, which we saw against uh, in the warm-up matches. So there was definitely, you know. You know, game there in terms of the way he wanted to play. He put a crossfield kick in early, uh, but then in the second half they did go back to their contestable kicking. And, and I still stress, this is this is one area that that lost them the game. And and I'll explain why. Is with their escorts when they put up these contestable kicks, their escorts are running, and if you're catching it, I'm just looking at you, and they're not taking any awareness of where the ball is, and you almost got to catch it where I'm standing. And so I'm in your way, and then you, 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 you knock it on, do you know what I mean? And if we go to the 77th minute, when Finn Russell knocks it on, just before Laws gives the penalty away um, at the breakdown at, at 16 all, I think Van der Merwe and, and a couple others come into the space, and where he goes to catch it, they almost bang into each other. And that knock on from Finn Russell leads to that South Africa getting the opportunity to attack and leads to the penalty for the match winner. And then furthermore to that, on the other side, when they kicked, they were also desperate. You know when you go for a contestable, it's on your terms. You're yep. kicking it on your terms. And you normally have like a north, south, east, west, so protection, so that if there is bobble ball, you either get it, but if it goes to them, you're there to defend. Mm. And if you watch Colby's try, there's four lines guys almost banging into each other, wanting to get the ball. And then it pops off to Arm, who then links with... LaRue and then they're away and I know there's some Colby brilliance to get inside Williams and, and fend off um, the, the reserve hooker Cowie Dickey or Dickel I, I can't think of his name but um, it's just it, it happened the week before around the tap backs mm. and you know we're saying you know get your position in place if you're going to kick like have people in place to either defend or get those tap backs and those the, I think they'll look back and, and go Man, we, we had it there to win the series, yeah. and, and it was just probably themselves, as in the Lions, yeah. that let themselves down. Was it a case, Bryn, do you think, off the back of what Jip is saying about the Lions going in with initially a way, a style that they wanted to play, and perhaps credit to South Africa for luring in mm. them to the way they wanted to play the game? Well, if you look at before before the Test Series, before playing South Africa, um, against Japan and then against the, um, super super, teams. the super teams, they had a willingness to play. And so you even look at the stats on, on, on the weekend, you know, they had 119 passes to South Africa's 55. So South Africa had a plan. 
for the whole three test matches they talked around the position base around kicking and kicking and play not playing in their in their zone with with kicks off uh, especially Pollard in this in this third test match not so much because Fifth Clerk wasn't there and Ryanick did kick as well but they based around if they weren't going to play inside their half they were going to kick it down there back their defense and they did that did that really really well the Lions wanted to try and play you know you look at this third test match they actually wanted to play in the, and when Finn Russell came on they looked like they were playing he had the interplays with it was, um, quick, ball it was quick ball you know Price was running around with having people outside him. Um, they had interplay, been able to get their shape and dummy cuts out the back, and they looked really, really good. But I think you know you just got to you've got to credit South Africa the way that they have this one that we've talked around it. And you look at probably the New Zealand public, and we're probably they're probably like it was such a boring spectacle to watch. But to their credit, they ran it to a T, and they were disciplined enough to be able to do that. And I actually think the Lions were their own worst enemies. And and like you look at um, it was a matter of moments. It probably yeah. um, Lee. Um, so what was the fullback's name? Uh, Williams. Lee Williams. You know you look at. The Roos tried to Colby to put him away. He passed that to Colby, and then Colby does it in individual brilliance. But the fact that he gave that two and one, it was a moment in the game. And then you look at Williams; all he had to do was draw and pass. Same same instance, and then they end up probably scoring down there. So it was a real small margin these these test matches. And I just, I just think South Africa in the end won those those little moments and crucial moments. If you look at it as well, the twenty eighth minute, they turn down points, go to the corner, and mm. they're almost going for another more try. Yeah. And Carry slips his bind and takes out Khaleesi. Yeah. And it, that's a big moment. Like yeah. they, they, they're almost they're, they've decided to not take the three, remembering they lose this test by three, and they've got them all going after scoring at the 18th minute. Ten minutes later, they're going for the same thing, and they were bold. Yeah. The Lions were bold, and we asked for them to be bold the week before, which mm. we didn't think they were in the second test. And they turned down points again in the 69th minute. They went, and and it ended up in a scrum penalty after being held up over the line. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like the South Africans just held on. They just threw grit and determination. Yeah. They just managed to fight their way to this victory. And yeah, it wasn't pretty, but Got you have to admire the defence. Like they made so many tackles after tackles, and they were prepared to just kick it back, yeah. be controlled in their um, you know defensive line. And then one moment of brilliance, their one opportunity, they took it and yeah. they scored. And that's what. And then we haven't even touched on the fact that Mourno Stain, I mean, what a sub. <laughs> years what a later. sub to have, because Pollard was having an off night with the boot. Mm. He missed two penalties yeah. in that second 40 that were, you know, quite crucial. And, you know, you're thinking, oh, you know, maybe it is the Lions' night. At that stage, they were ahead, and you're thinking, yeah. oh, it's all go. And then Mourno Stain just comes on, and they're not easy penalties that he's had to nudge. One was from the right-hand side, and then a big one from in front. But, um, you know, how perfectly selected that squad was yeah. to bring him in and and almost you know predict that he was going to be needed and, and he was and and it was it was just written so well yeah it was classic springbok rugby wasn't it and it uh it was kind of fitting as you say that Mornay stain was there because he's had so many of those clutch moments over the years and to do it 12 years after he did it in 2009 against them i thought was quite quite poetic but i want to ask you both uh, it's a bit of a hypothetical, but if the All Blacks were to play the Springboks this weekend, that team we saw against the Lions, what do you think might happen? Where do you think the All Blacks could expose them based on what you saw in that Lions series and, uh, and how they might stack up? Well, I, I think they'd have to work out how they can manipulate their D, change their D to work on their terms. So, you know, whether it was attacking kicks or, you know, utilising this new 50-22 or... Um, you know, somehow making their rush D have to adjust. And, and you know, it could be a classic 
uh, Chip and Chase with Richie or Bodie in behind because there is a bit of space in behind there, not over there because the, the middies um, arm is quite good at covering both yeah. and getting back, but there could be some space in behind there. But it would be that balance of attack of between run and kick yeah. and how you manipulate their D to mm. open up opportunities for yourself on attack. Yeah. Yeah, what about aerial uh, backs with aerial ability, Brenner? I was probably just going to say probably two things that they're probably going to have to nail is around, so obviously the aerial battle, and I think it's our it's our attack off the aerial battle. So, you know, you see in the, in the Lions series, they were really good, obviously, around the kick execution, mm. and then obviously flooding the ruck to be able to slow down the ball for then their line out for their line to get set and get with and then be able to bring that line speed pressure. And with especially with the f big physical men that they have, they had the ability to be able to slow down the ball and then it, in turn set up the lines to not be able to play and then they had to be able to execute with their box kicks. So um, I think it's going to be really important our attack off their kick escorts and be able to obviously escort right to get our guys an opportunity to win the ball and then our attack off that. And then I just think our breakdown. I think massively our breakdown is going to be massive. If you look around on the weekend and when we play well, when we're playing on top of teams, when we did score our points, we were going through them with boys, going through good footwork, going through them, really um, good cleans and then quick ball for Nuggy to be able to play on top of them. If we don't get that right, and we saw scenes of that last year with Argentina and Australia, the test matches that we did lose, we lost that breakdown battle. So if you're the South Africans, you're probably thinking if we can nail that um, physicality battle, because knowing that us Kiwis, we, we tend to want to play a little bit more, then we're going to fall back into their trap with probably some of the things that the Lions did, played a little bit too much, and then the South Africans were able to pounce on that. You want to add to that? No, just, just go coach. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let's, uh, okay, we'll leave it there for the Lions series. Um, yeah, looking forward to the next time the All Blacks play them, that's for sure. But uh, let's talk now a bit of MPC. You're involved in Wiccan. Look, sorry that... Uh, no, bring it on. It's got to be accountable. Waikato scored it for you, mate. Yeah. No, it was, mate. We, um, yeah, it was obviously um, quite weird on the weekend, and um, we previewed that. And I think, unfortunately, we probably let ourselves down on the back end of both halves. I think um, in the first half, we saw a lot of opportunities with kicking space that, that they gave us. And, um, you know, probably, unfortunately, we... Probably didn't get the, um, the execution right of then and put our boys under pressure. And then in the second half, um, our set piece with a little winner went a little bit array. And, um, you know, Waikato really pounced on them when they did get the opportunity to come down, whether that be a line out more or um, the tries that they did score on the edge, they really made us pay there. So we've got a short turnaround, which is a great thing in this competition. You don't have to worry about it. We had a pretty tough review, so we can push that aside. And um, we've got a big one against counties come, come Friday night, which we're really looking forward to. Yeah, Jipper and I are down there. We'll make sure we put in a positive yeah, nice. mate. Look, no, good, good meat pie on the weekend as well. You're, you're, you're 0 from 1, mate. I don't know if we, we, we want him back. <laughs> I don't know if we want him and Mills back. Yeah, hey, well, KT is probably yeah. the bad luck charm, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, what did you make of the opening round of MPC um, oh. and, and the early uh, early games? Mate, a couple of couple of highlights for me um, was obviously I was at one of them was um, Takoi Solomon's you lost uh, the try, try. Yeah, yeah. No, I got really excited. I think uh, being insert... a cricket tragic, I was really happy to be at Pukakura Park. Can we insert that out. into the podcast? We'll insert that right it was a hell of a try after a real tussle yeah, it's great um, game. Taranaki and Hawks Bay it was just a hell of a way to finish the game especially for Taranaki they all came out on force like and everyone's wearing the jerseys it was cool. it was an outstanding day at that uh, the park and obviously my cousin was playing for Hawks Bay so it was you know, bittersweet I, I wanted to see him do well uh, but uh, Jared Hoyata the coach so I'll take a bit of a bit, <laughs> as, as he's my mate I'll, I'll take 
I'll take a bit of uh, excitement with that. But Frieden uh, Vahakolo, I thought his match winner, the Southland Otago game was you know down to the wall and he scored a match winner in the 79th minute yeah. um, to take that one. And, and, and it sort of shows that Southland uh, are going to be a force. Um, and Otago picking up quite a few injuries in that game, you know, with the Shield Challenge coming up, they'll be, you know, I suppose a little bit thin they for that. They might need Tom Donnelly. Yeah, they might. Yeah, they, they might. They might. Come come back out. They <laughs> might. Uh, another thing I took notice of was Harry Plummer yesterday. I thought yeah, the captaincy so suited him. Um, not only did he, uh, him and AJ Lamb score all the points, he, he looked really uh, calm and composed in everything he did. And even though when it got tight at 28-24, Towards the end, he stepped up and uh, made a big play to switch and, and scored a yeah. scored a great try there. Um, I really enjoyed. Big fan of uh, Moses Leo. Um, yeah. uh, oh. The the I love the try, but him Wheels. is him is a bloke. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. one of the uh, best kids I've met in a long time in terms of his attitude off the field and the way he applies himself. So to see him uh, get reward like that and and just you know burn show his sevens. Yeah. Uh, wheels was great to see, and I'm looking forward well, to seeing. We skinned there too, because oh, he was mate. right in where that ball he bounced. Is, he is lightning. That's how you don't give yeah. up on a play, though. Yeah. Moses, yeah, he's lightning. So um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing him. And I thought I thought Kate Banks as well. I think for a guy that's um, he's actually dominated in the in the North North Harbour competition. So um, the more opportunities I feel that he's going to get, he's going to be he's going to be a lot better. So um, yeah, those are probably two guys that in our team personally that I'm really looking forward to seeing watch. And I thought sorry Cameron um, Sofour as well. Mm. I thought he was awesome for oh, us. He was solid, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And, and so we had um, Ethan Roots who has probably been big for us the last couple of years and um, a good St Peter's boy as well, which is always nice and. Um, no, he's going to be really, really a, a really big piece for us, and um, I thought he went pretty well on the weekend. If I had a spare ten bucks on the weekend, I was going to put ten bucks on Lutero Tuolai getting a try because I think he was paying about three bucks twenty for that. He scored seven last year. Oh, so close! <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But, he got uh, taken out, did he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Hey, um, Bob uh, Tasman, you know a lot of guys you know on that Markle side very well, but they're without seven odd All Blacks, and they still put in a pretty handy yeah. effort against the Bay side under Daryl Gibson this year, who who will be good, and we're at home. Well, we played Bay Plenty the week before in a preseason game, and they had pretty much all of their super guys, the new signings that they had, they weren't playing. So um, they've gone, we talked about it last week, with their depth and be able to um, how, how well they're going to play. But I think it comes back, you've got to give full credit to the Tasman kind of setup and Andrew Goodman and his coaching and the coaching group that they have there to be able to bring in these new guys. You know, Also, Finlay Christie, who's gone as well, who's been massive, and David um, is massive for them. And so changing guys like that, and, but then being able to bring guys like in Jack Groovy, um, and then obviously, um, what was his name? Um, the other nine that started, Louis Chapman. Louis Chapman, who was in, with the Crusaders to start with, and is get an opportunity at Tasman. So uh, they do really good down there to be able to um, bring their players through, and it doesn't seem like it's too much for them. Very similar to the Crusaders, actually, because yeah. with their depth that they do have um, and the coaching that they have and understanding of what their role is, they can just bring guys in, mm. um, and, and it doesn't seem seamless. It doesn't seem um, it's like a, it's, a, it's a big step for them. They sort of, um, you know, very similar to the Crusaders in the sense that Bay Plenty gave them a lot of opportunities through ill-discipline in that second half, which mm. piggybacked them into the 22, and it was really bad conditions. They were going into a pretty stiff breeze, mm. and they just went to their mall and got a couple of driving mall tries that you know extended the lead out. But Bay of Plenty were really good. They created a hell of a lot of opportunities in the first half that they couldn't, just skill execution, just didn't let them um, finish it off. And then their phase play D, like um, Tasman broke them once towards the end of um, the first half, which was a great Tasman try, but it was through some great skill execution. Mm. Um, I think I can't, can't remember, I think it was Putty Putty Parkinson, and then a quick hands from Lester Fayanuku to free up Mark Talia. But Bayer Plenty's phase play D mm. 
is going to be really hard to break down, man. They just keep turning up time and time again for each other. So yeah. both those sides, I think, will be um, certainly in the mix come the, the pointy end of the season. Yes, yeah, some good additions, eh? Manaki Selby Rickett, Fetu Douglas as well. Um, hey, boys, before I let you go, have you got any requests for Ross Carl um, in terms of your new contracts? How long do you want on the sabbatical? <laughs> <laughs> a couple of weeks like him. Nah, mate, he's the, he's the workhorse. He's done that. So he's, 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 he's the boss, so we'll just, <laughs> we'll just keep quiet, you know, keep our powder dry. But just before we move off the mitre 10, yeah. I just want to touch on Wellington because I, okay. yeah. I reckon they could be a dark horse. I know they had um, Blue North a couple of All Blacks but mm. with a suffer back and then TJ got pulled out late. But no, North on a quality side and I think you know they were the final of the championship last year. And you know Wellington, you know Tame Plumtree spent a bit of time in the Blues and super experience. He he was just into everything. They just looked energetic. Mm. They've got some great experience in their back line and and some experience filtered through their forward pack. Don yeah. Bird's back. Uh, it just seems like a really good balance yeah. for uh, Bunnings NPC level. And there's a lot of talk about Tasman. There's a lot of talk mm. about Bot. There's a lot of talk about Auckland. Wellington radar. I just feel like they're going yeah. underneath the radar and they're happy sitting there. Mm. Uh, and and I just yeah. think they could be a real force. Just on that one, I thought it was great for Pete Umanga Jensen as well. I thought oh, Umanga yeah. Jensen, he was fantastic. You know, with probably a guy that's probably gone under the radar with obviously Quinta Pai coming in there, All Black squad. But I thought he was outstanding on the weekend. And so a guy like that that hasn't probably played as many minutes as he wanted to last year with such a great performance being in the All Black squad last year, he's a guy that um, I was thoroughly impressed with, and he's only going to continue to blossom with um, with Vince Arsu in there as well. James Parsons, Bryn Hall, we'll let you get back across the bridge and uh, beat that <laughs> beat that Auckland. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. traffic yeah perfect 100%, 100%. timing 100%. it's us uh, for another week here on the rugby pod Aotearoa rugby pod we'll catch you next time